0: Hey, punk rockers, do you like bands like Voodoo Glow The Willem Scream, Mew, Inflens, Darko, Pulley, Cigar, Tsunami Bound, Big i The Kid Stable, Adrenalize, Friends of Romp, that by Stereo, Belvedere, Racket, Dead Fucking Last, much the same, and many more? Are you obsessed with band merch like I am? <laughs> if yes, Press pause on this episode and go on EpicMerchStore.com They offer t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats and kids merch For more than 230 punk rock, ska, metal and hardcore bands From all around the world And they now have mugs Yeah, wow, the coffee's gonna be great Go get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com Hello punk rockers, salut les punk Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show episode 50 we will also talk about the evolution of the punk rock scene and I'll share your opinions, you'll also hear a song from the Brazilian band Cholera, enjoy! The show is starting right fucking now! Hello guys, how are you? I hope you're doing great! I don't know if I'm okay. This war in Ukraine affects me so much. I took last week off because I was way too anxious, depressed, and I felt like all of my projects were shallow and pointless. I don't know if you experimented this too, but I was like, what's the point of doing a podcast, a radio show, and like posting vinyl on Instagram if the world is falling apart? So I had that kind of moment. Um, And I know that even if I think I'm a genuinely happy person, I am very, very hypersensitive. And sometimes it takes literally all my energy. And sometimes I'm like, I don't deserve to have fun and do like fun things because a lot of people on the other side of the world are suffering a lot. So why would I do like very superficial things? (laughs) Yeah, that was my mindset. And I know I'm not the only one. I know a lot of you are very scared, sad, angry, and all those feelings are very normal. And I'm happy we can support each other, punk rockers. I don't know if I have listeners from Ukraine, but I give you all, all, all my love and support, even if I can't do much besides donating and stuff, but I'm with you. Um, And I don't know if there are a lot of people from Russia um, listening to me, but I know you're probably also very horrified by by what's happening. So I'm also with you. I want to give you all my support too. It's a very, very sad situation. I also took last week off because I wanted to educate myself on this conflict because it's very complicated. So I read a lot about history I watched documentaries so I could understand a little more, even if for me it's still like absolutely not understandable. But now I still have to get my shit together and still do this show because I think we all need punk music. And then by the way, for what it works, um, I started a collaborative playlist on Spotify called Punk Rockers for Peace. So you can add your favorite punk rock songs about peace or songs that are criticizing war and everything. We have almost like 5 hours and a half uh, of music. So feel free to add stuff. I trust you about this to add relevant stuff and I hope it could help you feel better too because music it's sometimes it's all we have and so I want to keep doing it and I want to offer you a great episode today. And because I also want to focus on good news, I'm so stoked to see the whole lineup of the Pudza Fest. I can't wait. It's in Montreal in May, and I'll watch Propagandi Belvedere, Chicks Dig It. Never seen them so far. Uh, the Last Gang, After the Fall, Mustard Plug, The anti Queens, The Venomous Pink, Tim Berry, Bad Cop, Bad Cup, Good Riddance, Tired Radio, War on Women, Make War... And the Puzzah Fest will be another great occasion for me to see many friends on the stage. A lot of local bands from Quebec, like my friends in Ipshot, Rope Skills, Bring the Lights, Care, etc. So many great bands, so many women on the stage, and it's amazing. Also, next week, I'm going to go for a little road trip to see my friend Carl, Carl Bullett. And we're going to record two songs together. I think it's going to help my mood so much. It's going to be so much fun in studio filming a professional video. I can't wait to show you the songs we chose. Wow, that's going to be great. Okay, let's listen to a great band from Brazil called Cholera. I put this band in my Punk Rockers for Peace playlist. Let's listen to their song, Fuck the War. Yeah. Yeah fuck the war. Oh my God, Metallica is so annoying right now. She's been annoying all day. She's glued to me. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear her purr. She's like <sighs> climbing on me. Her claws are in my tight. It hurts. <laughs> She's adorable. Um, okay, now it's the time to listen to the great conversation I had with Paul of the band Free Will. Interview. I asked an interview uh, to the band because I was very impressed by their history. They started playing in the late 80s. Voyons, minon. fuck. Okay. <laughs> Her tail is like hitting the mic. They started playing in the late 80s. Then they broke up before releasing their first album and they got back together almost like 28 years later and finally released the album. That's crazy. So we talked about this, uh, Paul and I, and also about the evolution of the punk rock scene. And after the interview, I'm going to share your answers about this topic. You had many great things to say about it. I agree with like almost everything you said. So um, stay tuned. And during the interview, you're going to hear two songs from the band Free Will. One on their first record and one of the most recent one.
1: Recording in progress
0: thanks for uh, accepting the invitation i hope my english will be fine <laughs> sometimes it's hard yeah.
2: for me sure my pleasure sounds good so far
0: good so i discovered your music maybe a few a year ago probably
2: yeah and,
0: Okay. and i really wanted to talk to you because your history the history of your band is just amazing uh for my
2: yeah, to, to say the least
0: <laughs> yeah so um, first of all I um, before we talk about the history of the band I would like to have your uh, your memories of the scene in the late 80s in LA because oh, sure. you're you were in LA right
2: yeah I'm, I live about 30 miles from Los Angeles so and I grew up about 30 miles from Los Angeles oh yeah when I was probably 13 or 14 I started going to my first punk rock shows in Hollywood in Los Angeles and I saw uh, bands like CH3 and mm. Decry and Ill Repute and bands like that and uh, there used to be a club in Hollywood called the um, Café de Grand okay and uh, it, for those that don't know the Hollywood scene and LA scene in general were very violent
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're not the first one to tell me that mm-hmm
2: so yeah as a 14 year old uh, you know, and I went with friends that were older than I was. So I, I didn't feel uh, too unsafe, but uh, it, it was eye-opening to say the least. It was uh, mm-hmm. uh, very violent, very volatile. Bands would get in fights with each other. Bands would get in fights with the fans. Yeah. and They'd stop the show and then the police would come. Mm. I mean, that was a regular occurrence. Whoa. Uh, so I certainly didn't like that part of it. I was very interested in the music, uh, punk rock when i was probably 13 or so i discovered punk rock and it it hit a nerve with me and i i really liked the music i liked the intensity and uh so i wasn't a big fan about the the violence and yeah i i just recently on this last record i wrote a song that kind of details that oh it's called the show
0: oh yeah and, I know. okay cool i love this song uh,
2: because mike our bass player he grew up with me as well so we used to go with uh, other friends and go to these shows, and we'd witness this carnage. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
0: Oof! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you were passionate about the music, but the violence was like, certainly. oof, was a little scary to go to shows. What were the band at this time that you were listening? You were listening
2: uh, to suicidal tendencies. Yeah, the deadies. Um, uh, I got started getting introduced to um, some skate punk stuff like aggression. And Stalag 13 and a band called Scared Straight. Mm -hmm. And then, right around 1985 or 86, we were introduced to a band called Uniform Choice. Hmm. And Uniform Choice was a game changer for us. Um, uh, Their intensity and um, the way they did shows was just unlike any other band I'd ever seen at that point. So, we were very, so we got heavily into the straight edge Southern California scene.
0: Yeah. And how did you start the band and how was it to play with? Because you played with like great bands back in the days. You shared a stage with some great bands.
2: Sure. So Mike Hartsfield is the bass player. He and I started jamming with each other when we were about 15 or 16. This would have been 1986 or 87 or so. And we decided to make a band and we did. Um, We had a fellow friend who was a drummer and we had another friend that was a singer and that was a very short lived band. It was called a O R absence of reality. And we, we played like one or two backyard parties and that was it. And then, um, that fizzled out. And then Mike had called me, um, and told me that he had corresponded with some other guys that were, that lived about an hour away from us. And we all got together and, uh, that turned out to be free will. And that was probably late 1987, early 1988. And, um, we clicked w- right away. We wrote uh, almost all the songs that are on our first demo and our first record, some of the songs on our first record, we wrote in the first day we met each other. Wow. So, yeah, and then, so we got that going, and right away, we, we, we uh, were playing shows with, like, Agnostic Front and Offspring, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, you used of Today, all kinds of bands, and, uh, you know, uh, Wishing Well Records at the time, uh, wanted to do a record with us, which we were pleased with because we were big fans of Wishing Well. Wow. But then, you know, I don't know if you know too much about the story of Wishing Well, but uh, we, we wrote, recorded an album for Wishing Well, and then Wishing Well folded while our material was in limbo. Yeah. So it never, record never really came out. That was probably 98.
0: That's and crazy. It didn't come-
2: yeah, it was, it was horrible. And lots of people were asking us what's going on, what's oh. going on. Um, it, it really took the momentum away from us. Um, and then um, Mike, our bass player, decided he was going to go play with another band. And so Free Will, at that point, probably 1989, um, we decided to put the album out under a different name. And oh. it was called St-
0: Oh, I thought it was like just never released at all. No.
2: Until we, re- we, we did some re-recording, uh, we redid the guitars and uh, some vocals and released it under Mike Hartsfield's label New Age Records oh. or New Age whatever he had at the time. I forgot what it was Network or New Age, and he released it as Stone Telling. And um, so we did that, and then uh, but that but those those that band kind of fizzled out too. We we started some of us started going off into hard rock bands and things like that.
0: No, so that's because of this the the end of the label that you just said, okay, so our album is lost so let's split and let's do something else because you were like too bombed about that
2: yeah it was it, it was uh, it was disheartening um, We had a lot of men- momentum going into that and then when that fell through mm-hmm. um, we were discouraged quite a bit um, but, is but it we kept playing.
0: I'm I'm sorry, but maybe I'm I, I, I maybe I'm ignorant a little, but like did you didn't have access anymore to all the songs, like all the songs were recorded and then
2: right oh yeah the 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 uh the tapes that we sent to our record guys they had control of and ah. we didn't have them. so yeah. yeah actually I'll tell you what though those were the masters but the real the real tapes were we actually had. Mm-hmm. So we ended up do like I said we re-recorded some of the parts. Yeah. And a little bit fresher and a little bit newer and then we ended up releasing releasing it and calling it Stone Telling instead mm. of Free Will.
0: So how how long after that you really Probably a year and a half. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, maybe 2 years, maybe a couple of years.
0: And how was the the reaction of the public, they, they knew it was you, they knew they were, it was free will, quite,
2: like... <laughs> yeah, quite a few people knew it was us. Um, we had, you know, a lot of people had um, bootlegged versions of the early album from uh, test pressings that people had recorded. Oh. And so a lot of people were fans of the record that we recorded first. And some of them didn't like the new versions that we had done. But a lot of people liked the new versions that we had done too. So we kind of had a mixed crowd with that.
1: Hmm. But
2: people were still asking about it.
0: And the yeah. band kind of split, but what happened? Because you are uh, you started the band again like a few years ago. So uh, yeah,
2: what yeah. May... So yeah, five or six, five years, five or six years ago, we started speaking. Uh, Charlie and I, the drummer, by the way, Charlie and I, he he played drums on the Free Will stuff. We've been together for like thirty years. Ah. We've been playing in rock band for thirty years, so we never parted. Oh, cool. But the singer and the player were doing other projects but we, we um about five or six years ago uh, we we learned unfortunately that john bunch from Sensfield passed away
1: mm. and there was
2: going to be a benefit concert for him
1: oh. and
2: then we'd play it because we were friends with that band when he was in reason to believe we played with them quite a bit and we were friends with him and we agreed to do that and we got together and we started rehearsing as free will all the original members and that felt great and uh, so we played the show and we had a good response and we got to talking and we thought, why don't we just keep this going, you know, because it feels good and we're, we all feel that it might be the right time to start doing things again. So we started up again, started writing songs again and recording. And that's kind of where we are today. But I must say, um, our singer, Scott, he was busy doing other projects and things like that. So he ended up not being a part of our, our, our record um mm. he's doing other things and and i'm the guitar player so i i but i've always been a singer too so i just took over the vocals and uh we just we, we just did it that way
0: oh and you decided to release the first album again
2: correct I forgot that's to mention interesting that. uh, mike <laughs> on his uh, mike uh orchestrated most of that and it came out on mankind records i believe or new age. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, we re-released the record and got a pretty good response from yeah. the original recording, so we we're happy about that.
0: Wow! But and it wasn't a problem because you said it was already released on another name, but then you released it again. Is it? Yeah, uh- <laughs> it's kind
2: of interesting. Um, uh, we, re- re- you know, we re-released it under its original format and the original free will name. And plenty of people knew what it was, and I, it was. It didn't seem like there was too much confusion with uh, people that were fans of the music, so it worked out just fine.
0: Yeah, so it's like twenty-eight or thirty years later, you release it yeah. again under the name of the band, like Free Will. And uh, but was it like a little scary to release it again because maybe your style changed a little? I see a difference uh, between the two albums, so. How oh yeah, you feel? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, I wasn't worried about that too much. Uh, I know that our style is a little bit different now, but not too radically no, different.
0: That, no, not too uh, radically.
2: Try. Yeah. Uh, we're still kind of playing in the same vein, melodic punk, as we like to call it. Uh, um, there was just a lot of people that were asking about it, you know, and wanted vinyl. So we ended up doing that. But uh, yeah, the new stuff's a little bit different. And um But it's still got some hints of old stuff in there too. I would say,
0: yeah. And you still relate to the lyrics, so it was just like okay to release it because I mean sometimes the band evolves and they're like, oh, I'm not sure I would have write this or this, but at the end of the day, like probably okay.
2: Yeah, we still feel pretty much the way we did 30 years ago. I mean, there's some obviously we're older and and things like that, but we're still writing about similar things. I mean. You know, politics, um, life experiences, Mm -hmm. love, and all those things—they're all pretty much the same still.
0: Wow, it's amazing! And so, you—you said you were still playing music with uh, with the other band's member, yeah? yeah. Uh, Did you have any other project
2: on your own? Like did did in the in the early '90s or mid '90s, uh, Charlie and I were in a. A rock alternative rock band called Milkweed Soil, and we did that for years.
0: Oh,
1: and
2: uh, never put any full-length albums out, um, but we had a pretty good following in the LA area, and that went for years. And then we ended up doing a three-piece called oh. Superstream, which was me, Charlie, and another individual, and I was singing at that point, and uh, that went pretty well for about three or four years. And uh, but uh, honestly, for the last before free will got back together i was probably not doing much for about five or six years Mm -hmm. and until i got the call so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but i i guess like free will was always on the back of your head
2: (laughs) oh sure yeah that uh, free will was the um free will was a big deal for us it it changed us all um we had great experiences in free will and um we still had people asking about us many wow. years later uh, you know I'd be on Facebook and somebody from somebody from South America would ask me, "Hey, when are you guys gonna get back together or do music?" you know things like wow. that, <laughs> yeah, blew me away by the way,
0: I think punk rockers are always a little nostalgic,
2: oh sure, seems right? like it
0: especially yeah. now, yeah, yeah, we're yeah still, we still j- we're very, very uh. Attached to our early 90s band. So I guess late yeah. 80s, it's the same thing.
2: It certainly is. We just finished a 4 date tour mm-hmm. with uh, a band called Game Face and another band called Field Day.
0: Oh, and yeah, I know that. that. It's yeah. like a super hardcore, Field Day? Uh,
2: uh, not super hardcore, okay. more melodic hardcore, kind of like we are. All the bands are kind of okay. similar. Field Day has two members. Um, Peter Courtner and um, and Doug Carrion that used to be in Dag Nasty.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I knew I know them, but I think I mixed the music with some another okay. band. But yeah, okay. Th- yeah. That band. So
2: they're still oh. doing some Dag Nasty songs and they're doing some new songs. Um, but to bring back the nostalgia point, for sure, you know, all of us are, you know, kind of reveling in that still. And there was a lot of folks that came out to see us play that wanted to hear older material and they they seem to be receptive to new material too. But um, yeah, there's a lot of guys there from, from our past.
0: probably saw the evolution of the scene in la so you you were talking about it's dangerous and now now it's like how, do, how would you how do you feel it's, about it
2: yeah well so so um it's not it doesn't seem to be as dangerous now mm-hmm. um i'm seeing a lot of of fathers with their sons coming yeah. to these shows which i had never seen before oh father uh, eight, you know from ages 12 all the way to like 62 years old and and that's that's the difference i see in punk rock now it's um it's it's uh it's it, it, it goes across different age groups whereas before when i was young it was a very tight age group yeah. and now you're seeing all kinds of people coming out to punk rock shows
0: because it's people who, who are old now <laughs> they used to go to the show in the 80s and they're, they're right. still there. <laughs>
2: That's it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, how was the tour? Where where did you go play?
2: It was fantastic. Um, our first show was on Thursday. Um, that was in San Diego.
0: Oh, and- I want to go there.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. And um, it was a place called the Soda Bar, which I had never been to before. And I guess a lot of punk rock bands have played there. Hmm. And then this, the next night was uh, Alex's Bar in Long Beach which is a legendary spot for punk rock music and other things. Mm. And uh, Saturday, we played a, a record store called Dr. Strange Records
0: mm.
2: in uh, a city called Rancho Cucamonga. That, that was really fun. Uh, lots of families came out to that. Wow. And uh, that, that was kind of like a festival. And then our last night on Sunday, we played a uh, show at a place called Corbin Bowl, which is a bowling alley. Yeah. But they had they had a whole separate room for and they called it Punk Rock Sunday and they had a whole separate room <laughs> And uh, we were there and a really good response the whole way through all the shows had a lot of people there And um, really good feedback from, from from people coming to the shows
0: Wow it's like a punk rock bowling but <laughs> not as big as the festival in Vegas Yeah
2: that <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: Wow, that's great. And um, I think you have also a song on the on the compilation. The compilation is yeah. like "Strength Through Unity. What is this? I was curious about it. I didn't have time yeah. to check this, yeah. but
2: interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of the other songs we did, we recorded, it's called Why I'm Not Myself. It's much more on the punk side. It's very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on the Unity Worldwide Records um, compilation called... Um, it's a benefit for Coney Island, I believe which was a venue that everybody used to play at. And uh, yeah, so we released a song for that.
0: Mm. And there's a lot of great bands on on this compilation.
2: Really great bands.
0: Like Comeback Kid. Uh, Yeah.
2: Amazing, yeah.
0: That's great. So what are your next uh, projects? Because I hope we won't wait 28 years or 30 years (laughs) before
2: another album. (laughs) No, quite the contrary. Um, yeah. we're really excited. And um, we get along with each other really well. And we're writing new material pretty quickly. So we just put this new album out. But I would say uh, within the year, we'll have at least another EP out. Oh, We've probably got five or six new songs uh, to release. And then, of course, we want to play a lot of shows. So we're trying to do that now. We're, we're in the process of trying to book shows. We'd like to go to uh, the East Coast of the United States. Um, we'd like to go to Europe at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we've got a lot. Don't, We're excited. Don't to forget Quebec. We would love to go up to Canada. Absolutely, yeah, that, that would be.
0: And I think it's fun because now uh, it's easier to book shows and have hope that it won't be canceled. So I think it's a great timing to just start to plan yeah. things for real again.
2: We had, sure, we had quite a few shows cancel on us. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's starting to go away. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it's opening up quite a bit, so we're excited. We love playing live.
0: Yeah. And do you see a difference in the crowd uh, compared to the the, the 80s? Besides seeing people of all ages, less violence, do you see a, a difference in the energy or, I don't know, yeah, the vibe? Uh, uh,
2: you know, I'm noticing people are more into the music instead of just the vibe. Uh, like I'm watching people and they're looking at us and people are singing the words back at me,
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: which, which I kind of noticed that in, in the late eighties, early nineties. But um, it seemed like back in those days, uh, most of the crowd would come to the shows just to slam dance or, or just be a part of the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas now people are coming specifically to see us or another band and they're, they're a little bit more into the music instead of just the punk rock vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. thank you so much. I'm super happy that I know more about the history because when I saw that under the description, I was like, "What? Thirty years? Twenty eight years before yeah. releasing your first album? This is like <laughs> unbelievable." But now I, yeah. I know that I know the the details about that. It's uh, very interesting. Right? I really love your album all this time. I okay. love the vinyl so much. So I, I love the vocals, the harmonies, the, the, the music. It's, uh, it's, it's really good. So I would like to play on the show, uh, on the episode, like a old song and a new song. What about that?
2: Yeah. Awesome.
0: So people can see like the evolution.
2: Yeah. Good.
0: Ev- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing that you still have the passion after all those years you could oh yeah yeah you could just said like ah fuck that right (laughs) i had some problems with the label i just i'll do other stuff but it's it's interesting to see that you you kept the passion like for all this time
2: oh yeah um and we we plan on making a better record in the next year so we're ready to go.
0: I'm excited to hear it and uh, keep in, uh, we'll keep in touch. So, And I would like to meet you if you come play in Quebec on your East Coast tour. could be great. Just saying. That
2: would be great. Love <laughs> to.
0: <laughs> Good. Thank you so much.
2: We really appreciate it.
0: I uh, appreciate you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So what do we think about the evolution of the punk rock scene since maybe I don't know when you started to to go to shows was it in the 80s the 90s 2000 2010 last year whatever <laughs> So depending on your age uh, you might have different perception of it so that was very interesting to uh, to read your answers So like Paul was saying in the interview um, a lot of you told me that it's fun. It's more fun to go to shows because there is no fights anymore or very few. Um, you're not scared for your life in shows. Um, there's not like war between genres like it used to be, especially for those who started to go to show in the 80s or very early, early 90s. Some people said they are happy to see an evolution because there are more women, more people of color um, included in the show. Still not enough, of course, but we, we can see an improvement about it for sure. Someone said it's definitely not as underground and niche as it was in the 80s. Uh, That's both good and bad, he said. It's easier for bands to get their stuff heard and for people to hear about shows today because of Internet. But it also seems to be more splintered these days uh, in the sense that there are many uh, mini scenes, uh, small scenes in a given community instead of one very cohesive scene. So that's an inter- interesting point of view for me. Hannah from Sweden said that um, she didn't think that much has changed uh, not in the Swedish punk scene, so they still have the same bands there <laughs> that have been playing for the last 20, 30, 40, even 50 years. Uh, what changed is that the punk became cool again in the 90s with bands like Melancholy, No Fun At All, Titanic Surfers... I love the Swedish scene so much. And I I talked about that with my friend Frederick Olsen uh, a few episodes ago about the evolution of the Swedish scene. Check this if you haven't yet. Handy said that he's always happy for punk to evolve. Uh, it eventually gets mainstream and then punk happens somewhere else. Um, and he said that's the best thing about it. Um, and in bad political times is when the best music come from through the year. So whatever the year it is, uh, politics makes people write good punk rock. So that doesn't change a lot. <laughs> that's good. Christopher brought a very good point. Um, He said, A lot of people are going to complain that Punk is now Machine Gun Kelly, but I think it's good for the scene. There hasn't been entry points for younger listeners in a long time in the mainstream. When there's MTV and much music, you had easy entry points for kids sitting at home and finding it by accident. Bands like Simple Plan, Blink-182, Green Day, etc. That made it easy to get into in the 90s and the 2000s. I think it's such a good point because that's how I got into punk rock with those bands, uh, Blink and uh, Offspring. So we have to stop being condescending about that kind of bands if it could bring more kids, more young people in the scene. So I absolutely love this um, this comment I received from Christopher. <laughs> He's, he also said, we are running out of room for old guys watching from the back. We need fresh blood at the front. <laughs> this is so true. We we sometimes forget about that. A few people said that they are kind of sad that punk rock is not that political anymore. And some people said they are punk rockers but they forgot the deeper values behind it. And I agree with that too. Even if it's okay not to be too involved in politics, sometimes we tend to forget that punk rock is about equality and fighting for some justice, you know? Some of you were also super nostalgic and I felt like some people are um, disappointed that it's not like a huge party anymore. And I'm thinking about a comment that Jess uh, sent me. She said, thinking back to my youth, when we had no responsibility, not a care in the world, we'd grab a backpack full of beer, go to shows, pre-game in the parking lot, people watch, make new friends, hit the show, hang around waiting to meet the band after. Oh, wow, that's so true. Wow, if you were going to a show, you were on the floor and making your way to the front to mush and sing along. Now we age. <laughs> This is so true. She said, our favorite albums now have 25, 30 years old. We have more responsibilities. Some of us have kids, some corporate jobs. She said, what the fuck? I'm guilty. (laughs) Sometimes we prefer to start the show on a balcony. We focus less on meeting new people and more on seeing our close friends. But what makes it all the same is once the band hits the stage, we feel alive. And during the set, we feel free again (laughs) so great another listener said shows used to be way cheaper i know as time goes on inflation causes price to rise on everything but i used to be able to see three bands from fat Wreckers on the same show for eight bucks (laughs) this is absolutely true he also says that he thinks that punk rock used to be more communal yep Donald said, I feel there was a lot more energy and excitement around punk rock when I started getting into it in the late 90s, early 2000. Obviously, then it was at its peak at that time, but I still feel it's those bands from that time that are still holding it down like Pennywise, Bad Religion, NoFX, etc. Yep, good point, Donald. He also says he's still open to listen to new bands and he doesn't go as many shows now because there isn't much of a scene where he lives. But he still has hope that it continues to thrive. Thank you guys for all your answers. That was a great conversation I had with you on Instagram. Got all twists for the edit If you wanna support the show You know what to do You can subscribe Share it to your friends You can also rate it 5 stars On different platforms You can join the Patreon page If you want to have access To exclusive stuff And that's a very very good way To support the show You can also make A one time donation Via buy me a coffee Or About so many great things. It was a big conversation. Don't miss this. And until then, punk your life and see you next week.